What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Breathing Air Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Bendigo, and thank y'all for tuning in. Today, we have Dominic Damaski, who is the owner of Motivation Champs. He's an inspirational author, a sales expert, and this publishing platform, Motivation Champs. His recent ebook on how to write a book in 2020 is out now. You can find him on motivationchamps.com. And at Motivation Champs on Instagram. I love talking with this guy and hearing his journey to where he is now and finding his passion, the trials and the things that he went through originally to get to where he is now. And it's obviously life is a journey and Dom has had one of these journeys and I'm so happy I had him on to share. So you'll go check him out if you've ever thought about writing a book or if you ever have questions, I'm sure Dom would be happy to answer him. So go ahead and follow him and shoot him a DM and let him know what you think of the podcast and all that good stuff. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Breathing Air Podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, go ahead and share it on your story and I will share it right back. I don't know about y'all. I've always been an outdoors person. Per se, I love being outdoors and definitely would consider myself an outdoors person over the latter. But obviously, recently, we've all kind of been thrust into the situation where that's some of the only things that we can do. And if you're looking for a company that's going to provide you with great clothing at a great cost, great products, and also to a great cause. Look no farther than our sponsor at Borderline Clothing and Supply. They're an outdoor apparel brand that's looking to shake up the market, and they're striving to be a brand for the hikers, the outdoors people, the go-getters, fashionistas, you name it. It's great products made of mostly organic cotton, and they even have some really cool essential oil bug spray, which I know for me, I always get eaten alive, so that is becoming very handy for me. Check it out at Borderline Clothing Supply or BorderlineClothingAndSupply.com. Every purchase gives 10 meals to the homeless, and they've already done over 200000 and counting, so definitely go check them out. Great products and a great company over at Borderline Clothing and Supply. Without further ado, I hope you all enjoyed today's show with Dominic Damaski from Motivation Champs. And as always, if you ever have any questions, any guests that you would like to have on, if you ever have any way that I can help and provide value for you, or if you just want to chat, I am here as always. You can always shoot me a DM or follow me on any of my socials, and I would love to chat with you all about the show or about whatever. So without further ado, enjoy Dominic Damaski. Dominic Damaski, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Mason. Thanks for having me on. I am humbled and honored to be, be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Motivational Champs. What is, what is it all about? How did it become what it is today? Okay. You know, it's, it's interesting because what, so Motivation Champs, what we do is every day we share inspiration 24-7. And so I see one of the groups we have on Facebook is like, it's at about 2,300 people in the group. And I remember 
when I used to call my buddy Jimmy, Jimmy Ajay helped me start the, the groups on Facebook and stuff. And I used to call him up and I'd be like, Jim, could you post something on Facebook today? I'll buy you lunch. And now, to, now today we're up at like 2,300 people and all day long. So what we really do at Motivation Champs, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we share inspiration. So a lot of times it is social media based because people are on playing with their phones and 24 hours a day. And that's where people go to get inspiration a lot of times. But at the same point, sometimes people go for a walk in the woods. Sometimes people read a book. Some people want to see something on screen. Some people want to go listen to a speech. And we hope and aspire to be in all those different places where people are looking for positivity and motivation. So our mission is really to help people share their story. Just like you, you got, I saw, I saw a picture the other day where you're out in a kayak or a boat, you're all ripped and muscular, you know, that's inspiring people seeing you going out and doing your thing. So yeah, people want to see that kind of thing and we just help people share it out whatever way that is. Absolutely. So is this something that, you know, you always knew you wanted to do, or was it something that kind of evolved over the years? It, it's funny because sometimes I'll talk about when I was in school getting beat up or having butter wiped in my hair. So when you ask me, is it something I know, I wanted to not get beat up when I was a kid, you know, no, really. My dad, I played sports growing up and I like to pay respect to my dad. He gave me a book. He used to read the Charlie Brown, like Charlie Brown, the inspiration. Yeah. And then he got into um, Del Carnegie and um, he gave me a book by Ogmandino one time. I got, I got cut from the basketball team in seventh grade. I thought I was going to be Michael Jordan and I was probably the world's worst player at the time. So he gave me this book and it was Ogmandino, the world's greatest salesman. And it basically had scrolls in it where if you read something 30 straight days, it became a habit. And so I didn't understand the book at the time. And it was, you know, I was trying to skip out on reading the whole thing, but it planted a seed. And then later on in life, as things started to transpire when you needed hope, I found that book again. And then I started to study Zig Ziglar, Del Carnegie, Norman Vincent Peale, the Bible, Joel yep. Osteen and all those guys and more and more and more as I studied them let's say I had a restaurant I went broke I lost half a half a million bucks or when I had my son's a type 1 diabetic when mm -hmm. at three years old he came down with diabetes when those things would happen you would refer to those books and those messages of hope and courage and things like that and mm -hmm. I started to realize that back then having not been a writer and not get good grades in school, I started realizing, Hey, I got something to say. It's a little different where I, I'll talk about going broke or getting beat up. And that's, that's where it started. And then from there it's evolved from that. Right. And I, I talked to a great lady who was into all different types of therapies and she's out in LA. So she has all these different types of therapies, hypnotherapies and things that she does. But one thing that she spoke about was how a lot of the things that we carry on in life come from past traumas or past things. And whether it's subconsciously, like we don't even realize that these things that happen at a younger age really carry heavy weight, even as we grow older and we start trying to find our purpose. And I feel like you could agree that this is something that, you know, that it's kind of feels like your purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point there about 
um, every, every one of us, we are who we are today because of something that happened when we were little, you know, growing up to the point we're at today. Now we can, if you look close at me, I got scars on my eyes from things or you, you can let it define you or you can learn from it, grow. And it is hard to recognize those things. Some people put it in a dark place and maybe it festers up throughout their life. And some people figure out how to address those things and maybe it makes you a better person. Right. There was something today that came up uh, for me and I just kind of thought of it as pain is progress. It was something that I don't know why I thought of it, but it was just super random. And of course it has a little ring to it, but there really is so much truth behind that. And I think that what you say, it very much relates to that topic. It's, it's pain, the things that we go through and the struggles that we go through that help us get over that hump and ultimately find what we're looking for. And I, I really love your story and the way that you portray your message because I feel like it comes from a genuine place. And oftentimes in this industry, as far as the motivation, I feel like there is a lot of people, you know, who maybe don't really live the life that they are trying to preach. Right. Uh, and I, to, to your point, I, I'm, I'll be an open book. I try to, whether it's on social media, you'll see me playing with my kids or you'll see me failing at a lot of things. I'm, I'm open to let you know that I'll post a video sometimes on YouTube and get one view. Now I, I might be on TikTok and there's things we've done with hundred thousand or 250,000, but I'm, the reality is I might post something that sucks. I might, I, I post mistakes from old books I had or books that like I owe somebody, my first publisher just tried to charge me 5,000 to get their rights back for my book. And I get $2 a copy because I sold 80% of my rights back in the day just to have a book published. I've made a lot of mistakes and I try to, right. that's the truth. It happens. Right. So I heard in your uh, podcast with Tim that you're a Pittsburgh native. I'll bring it on. I love Pittsburgh. Are you a Steelers fan? Come on, man. Let's hey. go. Okay. <laughs> so my, I actually grew up in all over the place. My dad moved a lot with his job, but my dad was raised in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Okay. And I had a lot of family up there, Pennsylvania Dutch, with the heritage of my family and stuff. So I was born a Steelers fan. So we all sometimes I, I had a moniker like when I, I, I was in pharmaceuticals and anytime I got on the call and I knew it was annoying, but I would just I'd log, you know, everybody gets on the call and they have to say their name, where they're from or whatever. I'd say Dominic Damaski, City of Champs. Check in over the course of years, people would get so annoyed with it, but every time, City of Champs, City of Champs. Love that. Love that. So you you talked a little bit about your YouTube videos, you know, kind of stuff that you're putting out there. And I came across one that you did pretty recently with a lady named Irene. Oh, I love Irene. Yeah. And I thought that it was obviously uh, very relevant for the time that we're in right now, but also it was just, uh, I mean, it was just a great video and it touched me. So tell me a little bit about that discovering inspiration series that you do. And then also Irene and kind of her story. I'd love to. Uh, one of the things, so I have two little kids. I mentioned them already. My son's 14 and 
my my daughter's 11 and even even today we were just talking about we're working on a project and i was like well who would be the best who's the best 18 to 20 year old to fill this role for me right now and so they're showing me pictures of people i'm like i don't like that guy's hair no that's corny and so i really try i try to you know they say meet people where they're at wherever you're at in life and um so i understand that kids these days are into social media they probably know it better than i do so i used to watch my son um we i'd be in basketball leagues and stuff and sometimes my son would be on the sideline like and he'd make pretty cool videos of me like playing basketball even though it was terrible they were he'd just stand there and make six minute videos and then my daughter sometimes she'd want to be on screen so Together, we came up with this idea. It's called Discovering Inspiration. So we go out and interview inspiring people from across the, the, across the United States at this point. So we, we drove to Chicago and interviewed Brian P. Swift. He's a quadriplegic who um, broke his neck playing high school football. He's an author now. He's a like, five-time author. And now, actually, me and him became such good friends where we just wrote a screenplay together. We interviewed a guy named Brandon Rumball who gave two legs for our country in Afghanistan. He gave two legs and he still walks on one leg. He's tough as nails and he bench presses like crazy and he's got these huge jack arms and he spits chew while you're talking to him and he's just the, the toughest. Uh, he hangs out with um, Dan Balzerian. I mean, the guy's just li- living life at, at kicking butt. Yeah. So we go out and just really try to share inspiration and all these people like that have inspiring stories like we went to ocean city and interviewed a a group of people that clean up the beaches it's called ocean city cool and every tourist that goes to ocean city they just pick up garbage you know while they're there for two days and try to clean up the beaches so really everybody has a story but you ask about irene and the thing that is so i met uh irene i help out at a a mission that has um, helps feed elderly people in need, helps um, give people some hope on a Thursday night where they can just come to a safe place. And I I met Irene there and became friends with her and um, decided that she told me a story one time about um, when she was in school, and I, I want to tell the story like this. She told me a, a story about when she was in school, and she loved writing. This was, a, and she was so proud of her writing. All the people now, Irene's about eighty years old now, mm-hmm. and she told me this story about how she was so proud of her writing, and all the other kids in school loved her writing, and. So one day she turned in this paper she was very proud of, and she the teacher you know started asking everybody what they wanted to do when they grew up and Irene said that she'd like to be a writer and the teacher what let's say this was 1960s maybe earlier the teacher said no Irene you could never be a writer you're black and my friend Irene that I came to know later in life was crushed by something somebody had said 60 years prior and when she was a little girl, maybe it was even longer ago than that. And so I just felt like helping Irene share the story of whatever she wanted to talk about, because somebody, you're almost making me cry just thinking about it, but somebody silenced her story 60 years prior 
and she didn't get to tell the story about lost loves or things like that that had happened to her and we were just hopeful so that's one of those stories where yeah. irene the, let's say irene's because Irene doesn't have this huge social media, she's 80 and not sharing it with anybody, but that's a story where Irene, you know, it might have 200 views, maybe another 200 on TikTok or that like that, but it's one I'm very proud of because when my, if my mission is, and I'm sorry, I'm getting fired up here, but if my, if my mission is pure, my mission is really to inspire one more person and help one more person, make one more person smile. Irene, somebody that had been silenced for so long that I got to help her share that story, I won, you know, and you, you bring it up. So that's two people that watch the video. Yeah. And maybe after, maybe after this today, somebody else will go back and help, I, you know, watch Irene's story too. And, you know, really. Absolutely. And I, like I said, like you said, it was extremely touching and something that, you know, is can be so simple when it comes to listening to other other people and listening to their story because stories are powerful. As I'm sure as you know, and uh, as as you you know push people to share their stories. So a little bit about how has storytelling changed in today's day and age as far as books, and then how does that incorporate with social media and with these platforms and how people are consuming information now at a different rate? How does that, how does that change the way that you've attacked the business and kind of attacked the way that, you know, your uh, authors and other people are trying to get their story out? How has that changed the way that you approach that? It's interesting because as I, like I also talked about going to events, so I, I'll try to go out and be in the community and different ways and support author networking groups. So one day I was at a, a group of, let's call them more mature authors. And I asked them, well, how do you, how do you schedule your writing? They said, oh, you can't schedule writing. I said, well, do you dictate into your phone? They said, that's a way you could dictate, talk, email it to yourself to mass produce it. I, they were like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, what's your social media? You know, I didn't even ask about social media because I knew these people, they weren't into social media. And I was realizing as I'm asking them, they were, let's say they were 60, 70, and they were missing a large component of today's content consumption. So I believe, I love the book. I, am a, I, I have a business where I help people publish books. That's what Motivation Champs is a publishing platform. It helps people share inspiration. But at that, people consume content, number one, digitally, 24 hours a day. You can look at your phone like this. It's so fast, so quick. And I believe if you aren't there, you're missing the boat. I could go to the last few books I bought, the coffee bean, David Goggins, whatever it is, are people that I bought because I'm looking at their social media. I just got Save the Cat. It's a screenwriting book of based on, I was watching a girl. She did um, a video. She's a screenwriter. She's doing videos. She said, you, everybody should get this. Save the Cat. So my point being is you have to be there. It's a miss if you're not. Now, you might get lucky. You might, you might contact Simon & Schuster, and maybe they're saying right now we're looking for people that are writing books about cats, and we want you, and you never have to do anything, and they're going to promote that cat book for you, and right. everything, everything ends up perfect. 
But the reality is in today's, you could be a YouTube star tomorrow, you could be a TikTok star, Instagrammer, you need to be in all that. So I really want those people to be in all those places. And I think to get your message out, I mean, the, even the attention spans before I, they like you, they trust you, they buy from you. So you want me to read your book, you're not giving me any content, you give me 30 second bio somewhere, I need, I want to know you, I want to trust you. And I want to know that when I buy that book, when I do put down, when there's so many choices, when I put down that 20 bucks that I'm going to get uh, valuable content and uh, you're going to deliver on that. Yeah, promise. absolutely. And I might have said that wrong earlier. Motivation champs. I might have said motivation. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I actually, I actually bought, uh, it is motivation champs, but I, I went back and have bought some of the other domains over time because that's part of life. No. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about, you know, basically what you're trying to say is giving people value before you expect something in return. And I've, that was my biggest thing. It's something that I think we really have in common too. When I was listening to some of the other shows that you've done, kind of your message is the whole with one person takes something from, you know, what you have to say, then your job is done. And, and that, that was something that we have to in the, such a saturated market too, when you're trying to provide motivation for someone, it has to come from, that place that isn't about personal gain. Like you are here to serve. And I, I think that you do a very good job of that. And speaking of that, serving at its core, being a parent, I, I know is very important to you from everything that I've seen. And you even wrote a book on fatherhood, uh, the unofficial guide to fatherhood. You were a part of writing this book. So kind of tell me a little bit about the unofficial guide to fatherhood, what that was, who else was in it, and kind of, you know, what that meant to you. Okay, well, so this is something that I, I believe that, like, we're talking about being sincere here. There are times in my life where being a parent is not the easiest thing, where in another book I wrote, sometimes I actually believe it may be the toughest job. And, yeah. but knowing that I don't know everything, knowing that I've made mistakes, knowing that I lean on other people Sometimes I used to have a podcast and I had, I'll tell you how the, how it works. I used to have a podcast. I was the host. It was on a, I did it for a nonprofit and I had a gentleman on Brian P. Swift, who I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And afterwards he started, he, he had given me some fatherly advice and he said, you know, sometimes me and my son were struggling with some stuff and, you know, I'm wondering, am I too hard? Am I too soft on him? What should I do? And Brian said, this is off air now. He said, sometimes Dominic, he said, you just got to pull that kid close to you and tell him you love him. And he's like, they're going to fight. They're going to, you know, just give him a big hug and say, you love him. And I said to Brian right then, I said, Brian, we should write a book. And he's like, that's a good idea. So I called, I, this is how business works. That night I called another friend, uh, Joe Walco. And Joe had, Joe had lost his wife to cancer and he's, he's a great writer. And I called him up and I said, Joe, me and Brian are writing a book. Meanwhile, it's just a concept. And I'm telling this guy like, hey, we're full speed ahead here. It's all done. I'm like, we're writing this book. And so I'm like, you interested? And he says, sure, I'm interested. And I said, okay, well, we're looking for, 
find me someone who inspires you. And so that was the ask, like we talk about, well, if it's got to come naturally, like, so to, I wanted to, to the show and everything, like if you're out there and it's something you believe in and you inspire one person or you're sincere and you really believe in what you're doing, well, the win is already, I, the win is the inspiring that one person. So anything else that happens from it is gravy. But if you're not sincere, you're going to be looking for those vanity metrics and all that other BS. So the first book comes and so we reach out and for that book, we got about nine, the unofficial guide to fatherhood. I think we had nine fathers from all across the country. And so then we did another one. It was called go ask your dad. And we had 22 dads from across the globe. So we took, we took the same concept and said, okay, let's, let's grow this out. Let's get it bigger. And then we had authors from Australia. We had one author who um, actually talked about when he, um, he was a president of a college. He talked about when he came out to his children, we had another, so it's all different dads and right. coming from different, you know, whether it be one one father, he was a den. No, he's a chiropractor, Dr. P.J. Kelly, and he taught. His dad was never there for him, and his mother and his extended family raised him. So there was all these different stories, and that's what each one shares that message. There's one guy, and that not the one guy. His name's David Hamilton, and his dad was a like a five star general, very high up. I don't know exactly. Maybe it's three star, but but his dad wasn't the best dad because he was great at being a general or Mm. whatever. And so he kind of left the family and left David Hamilton and to raise the family on his own. And David now is a great father. And what David's message was, is the apple doesn't fall far from the tree unless it wants to. So he was saying that he could be a different person. You know, he could make a change even though, and each dad in those books has a different story and they're all really great. And, and I'm proud they stand the test of time too. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds incredible and something obviously from my perspective, you know, I, I'm not a dad. I haven't been a dad yet. I, it's something that the older I get, the more I look forward to and building a family and family is something that's extremely important to me, even though I'm not a father yet. But I can say that when I look back now, even at, you know, when I was in high school or growing up and having a parent and parents there for me and having a father figure for me and seeing people who haven't had father figures in their lives that have, you know, set a good example for them and seeing the struggles that they've gone through, whether, you know, they're talking to me and opening up about certain things or, just seeing the cycle that sometimes can happen when there's not a father present or parents in general. Uh, it makes me extremely appreciative of my upbringing and being able to have that. And I think people being able to tell their story, like you said, and not repeating the cycle of, Hey, this is how my childhood was. And this is all I know, but no, this is how my childhood was. And I want to be better um, for my kids. And I I love that message. And obviously, you know, it's, it's something that is super important. And I know that you can attest to that. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have the parents that I had and they were 
positive role models. And and one of I'm going to just switch to another project yeah. I'm working on. But um, so one of the guys that was in Go Ask Your Dad, he wrote the last chapter. His name was Darnell Johnson. Okay. Darnell Johnson got me his chapter in that book from prison. So Darnell Johnson had um, been convicted of he, – his dad wasn't around. He was imprisoned when he was growing up. His mother was addicted to crack. His brother was murdered in front of him, and he was raising another brother. Before the age of 21, I think Darnell had three children, and he was in the, in the gangs and in that lifestyle. This is early 90s. And he was convicted of murder. And has been away for like 20, he's been away longer than he was out now. Mm. So one of the things that I'm conscious of, and Darnell and I are working on another project. He actually had had a book, got it out of the jail to his mother. His mother sent it to me and we're working on another project right, right, right now. But what I realize is when you're so thankful and I'm so thankful about the upbringing we had, we do have choices in life, but you, you sometimes you put yourself in that other situation and you just don't know what would have happened. And Darnell is a guy that he's trying to do the best he can. Now he's trying to make amends all that the best he can and make a difference maybe in one person's life. So they don't make the same mistakes. Right. Absolutely. And I saw, and you mentioned earlier about screenplays also and writing screenplays. And I saw one specifically that looked interesting called growing up gangster. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. And then was a screen screenplay something that was part of the original concept of what you wanted with motivation champs, or was that something that came about later? No, I mean, first of all, we are all growing and evolving every day. So sometimes they say, if, if you're doing something that you're, if you're doing something now that you were doing five years ago, if you're still doing it the same, it's probably wrong. But I think when I've, first wrote that first story you know I was a guy in sales I had just went bankrupt in business and I just thought I had something to say and so that was the first thing I'm going to write this book and then when I wrote that book other people started asking me to help them write a book or you'd be on the stage somewhere and they'd ask you about something else or come speak here and that was that was kind of an evolution and I started to realize that other people had a story like I'm when I the first book I'm embarrassed of now because I talked like so much about myself I'm like whoa I climbed Everest which I didn't I you know I'm like I'm the coolest guy of all time but you know it was it was um you do it and you learn from it and I what I learned is everybody has a story so you ask how did screenplays come up is so as helping people publish these stories you all of a sudden realize that maybe some stories would be best told on screen or in another, just like our story with Irene or the YouTube series. Some stories are not everybody wants to write a book. Not everybody wants to share something on social media. Some people don't even have social media. They don't even know what it is. So some, some should still be told on that big screen. So like Darnell Johnson, one of the things we're working on with him besides the book is actually a documentary and it's there's a lot of moving parts to that right. but with the, with the screenplay thing like one of my authors brian p swift he came to me a few years ago and he said 
so Brian's quadriplegic, broke his neck, playing high school football. He came to me with an idea for a comic book about uh, loosely a superhero in a wheelchair. And so I'm like, Brian, that's a great idea, but that should be a screenplay. So we started developing that. And so learning that evolution and things, and that's where, that's where the process began. And then along the way, so as we try, like anything, you try to learn. So I started, I was an extra, I started, Pittsburgh's movie scene is picking up. So first thing I did, I went and was an extra on some movie about, like it's a remake of the Titanic. And I just stood in the back of the room and probably did everything wrong. You know, they put you up in like 1800s clothes or whatever, you know, comb your hair real funny. And the real actors walked around and I just like, took notes on the lighting for my YouTube channel. Oh, they call those clamshells, you know? So I'm just learning, like learning all this stuff, but I would, I would have basically done it for free, but you start learning. So after being on one movie for five days, I realized the budget of the first movie I was writing was too expensive. Cause I didn't found out what the budget of that was. It was like 8 million. So I'm like, well, who's going to go with a, a new guy out. So growing up gangster came it's a story about high school in the 90s. It's about a, a not-so-cool teenager growing up in the 90s and trying to, like, fight the alpha clique. The, the, he didn't quite fit in. So he's trying to find his way. He's insecure. He doesn't know whether to be loud or boisterous and, and is trying to become himself and that that's that's that story and we and we wrote that one and we're shopping that one and developing it and then we went back to we went back to the quad father and that's what the, the other one is called the quad father and then the same yeah. thing people will come to me at the same point we just hit the midpoint of another one today because now it becomes like a, a factory you can do it easier you study you learn learn the beats, learn the arc, learn those kind of things. So we have another one. I don't even know if I want to give up the, <laughs> but, but it is, it is a, in the vein of hot tub time machine where okay. people go back in time and try to fix some past wrongs and we're yeah. developing that one. So that's what's going on. And every day people come to you with new ideas and with anything that you or I or anybody out here is doing just move it forward even if it's even if it's this much even if it's me googling something today i i today in growing up gangster now this thing's been done for a year and i keep having it edited keep looking back at it oh how can i make it better how can i make it better so there's a scene in the movie where they go and play basketball the the protagonist goes and plays basketball with his two friends when they arrive on the basketball court first the line we added somebody said nice rims but the players they were going to play originally i had one of the guys in a john stockton jersey and then about two days ago i changed it to a charles barkley jersey and then i rewrote it and i changed it to a sean kemp jersey and i'm so proud of yeah. i mean you would think well what's it matter why 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 change it from Stockton to Barkley to Kemp? But when I think I'm telling the story, I think it'll be a better story when the other players that these kids go and meet has a Sean Kemp jersey on. So you try to get better every day. Yeah, absolutely. 
devil's in the details and those little, those little things matter. But I love also what you said on the counter end of that is it's action. Like do it now, do it, do it, do it. And uh, I've spoke on this before, but it's, it's all about action at the end of the day. Like you're never going to actually have this perfect idea right off the top. It's about putting it into existence and then, Hey, this is what I did wrong here. Let's learn from this, learn from this here. And then next time around, guess what? Just like you said, you're in a, you're in a movie set and you're looking at lights like, Oh, I could use that. Or I could use it. If you would never movie set, you wouldn't ever even notice that. Absolutely. I consider it like, I know that you've done some sales in your day mm-hmm. and a lot of people in sales, they will sit out in their car in their car before they go into any call that they're going to go on or before they pick up the phone to cold call somebody. And this is called call reluctancy. So you sit out there and make a hundred excuses on why the action you were going to take was going to go wrong. They're not going to be there. They're not going to like me. They're busy. They don't want my product. All these reasons. But the game is going through that door, knowing that, yes, they are going to be busy. They are going to say no. They are going to tell me, well, what do you know? Why, why would we deal with you? I understand that. And the next time, because of all that, I will be better prepared and more educated and and if it doesn't happen well at least i tried right i just got done reading a book called 10x rule by grant cardone and he says that he has this concept where especially for sales if you have the idea and you want to act on it and you're sitting there and like you said you're going through that process like oh i want to talk to him but maybe i shouldn't or maybe this, or you start, you know, that, that little second voice in your head, the negative voice, I call it starts, you know, whispering in your ear. He says, as soon as you start hearing that voice, you better act on it right now. Don't wait, pick up the phone, go walk over for me. It's, you know, walk over the scrub sink or go walk over and, and talk to him. That idea came from a good place. That idea came from a place of, Hey, this is something he may use. Hey, this is something that he may be interested in. And you never know until you ask. So when those little voices, because I've been on the other end of it too, and I'm sure you have where it's like you let that little voice take over and then you miss your opportunity, walks by you, and then uh, you don't even know. And you're sitting there beating yourself up an hour later saying, I should have talked to him. I should have talked to him. I should have picked up the phone or I should have done this. So I love that. And it's, it's really simple. You know, it's just act on it. Act, act, act. So I really love that. And uh, I know that you also do some motivational speaking stuff. This, this whole arc of what it takes to publish a book and how you market it. Kind of tell me a little bit about the motivational speaking side of things. Sure. Well, one of the things we do too is we've also got into helping promote speakers. But so when you talk about, so I've been on, I've been on a lot of stages and Basically, what we do is when I'm out there, I'm going to find out what the the needs are of the group. So you might have a lot of people that come up with these canned speeches and things like that. They're going to tell you about something they did in 1986 and your your business or whatever is going to just, well, that doesn't really apply to me. So we're going to go out when we do the motivational speaking and really have a talk with 
whoever hired us, the client, that kind of thing beforehand and see what are you trying to get out of this? What is your hope? Mm -hmm. And that's what takes us out. And we try to give them a, when we leave that they're inspired, but also at the same point, we'll do the same thing for authors and other speakers. And because sometimes there is a business to it where there's somebody on the other end that's never hired a motivational speaker and there's a motivational speaker that's never can treat can um, completed a money transaction. So we'll go out there and help both of those parties uh, find the right fit for them. Cause let's say me personally, you hear me here talking. I'll, I do, let's say I do Pittsburgh style inspiration with a slice of humor. So yeah. that might not always be appropriate. You know, I can't pretend that I'm a, business titan or marketing genius or something like that but that's part of it but then you asked about the the writing of books now at this point we do we've sold thousands of books helped other people sell thousands of books and also made i i I admit i've made thousands of mistakes so i believe that the last ebook we put out was how to write a book in 2020 and the premise of it is that you you can make so many mistakes. I made so many mistakes. Read this book and it might alleviate some of the pain. It might alleviate selling your rights. It might alleviate you buying a thousand books and keeping them in the trunk of your car and then the seal of your trunk breaking and water getting in there and it ruining a thousand books when you could only have bought 50. So there's things, or maybe you're struggling for an idea. Let's say you want to write a book. Well, you're good at podcasting. You're good at sales. You're obviously good at fitness because I saw you in the kayak. So maybe those are some of the things. So what are you good at? What do you like? You know, what are your interests? Those are the things that people might sit. Oh, I want to write a book. Well, I'm going through this fast, but these are the, we have these conversations every day where why, why do you even want to write a book? What's your, what's your why for writing that book? If you know that, well, then that will be your uh, beacon of light to lead you where you want to go. And the book is tips for that kind of thing. Right. I love that too. The why. The why is the biggest thing for everything that you have set in front of you that you want to accomplish, you have to ask yourself that question. Because if there isn't a solid why behind it, then exactly, you're wasting your time. Yeah, it's all BS. You've, you spoke on this about, you know, the failures that you've had and having a business that failed or having, you know, uh, the books get ruined with the, with the water, or however that may be. But how has adversity helped you get where you are now and how has adversity continue to shape your business to, you know, be the best business that could possibly be? Okay. And this is a question that I, I don't take lightly at all. And I really, I believe that we all have so much adversity. We all have struggles and we all have struggles that we don't show on the surface or anything like that. But number one, every one of every one of your listeners is capable of getting through that. They, Mm-hmm. They can overcome it. They can better and brighter days are ahead. In my case, I'm a, I'm a student of inspiration. And I've been since my dad handed me that first book for whatever reason, you know, that spoke to me. And when I say inspiration, inspiration could be going and lifting weights. Inspiration could be 
fitness. It could be reading the Bible, the Quran, whatever that is. So you, you study those things. And over time, I studied those. And, be, and when I studied them, what started to happen was when adversity came, you started to not have to go to the book. I still do study and read the presidents, uh, read Harry Truman, read whoever I can. I want, I want to, you know, I want as much knowledge as I can. But what happens is all of a sudden, those in that time of trial and tribulation, those habits, those things that you kick, those lessons you learned, they now become habits and they become a way of life. So in my most darkest times where let's say I got fired from a job or whatever was going on now, I almost, I believe in this. I don't, I don't want to sound overconfident here, but like a, like a baseball player or like an adrenaline when you're shooting a jump shot and you're at your best and that hoop, is bigger or when it's a ninth inning and something starts to slow down because one it's from thousand hours of all those athletes and things when things slow down it's because they put in the time they studied they work the muscle and i believe when adversity hits now i'm prepared for it and my mind slows and out so when i get fired from a job i'm like well now I'll start a company when I used to have a website it was called successtrader.org and I had this idea it was motivation champs 15 years ago and what it was is people would share inspiration back then social media didn't really exist right you so your platforms were all different websites were first becoming a thing and it felt I couldn't I'd have like three pages of like I'd have a story on Lincoln and it would taste take me all day and Lincoln's face would be on one page and the, the story would be on, on the other. It was absolutely terrible, but you learned from it and all those, all those failures you learn from them and then move forward. So it has this adversity shaped me. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm thankful for it. And sometimes you get up and it's cliche and you struggle, you know, you say if something's cliche, switch it, but you, you get up in the morning and you're down in the dumps about something. And I, I really like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm almost thankful for that struggle, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. You made me better. You made me stronger and let's see what's next. Yeah. And it's, it's that repetition of, you know, constantly not only practicing your craft, whereas for an author it would be, you know, writing or however that process would work, but also being able to have that positive reinforcement and what you feed yourself. Uh, I can't remember the exact st- exact statistic that I heard the other day, but it was something along the lines of when you orally speak out, hey. Um, let's just say this, I'm going to make $100,000 this year. It becomes 70% more likely to happen when you are continuing to pour in the positivity into your life versus a negative thought of, hey, I'm, I'm not going to have a good day today, or I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do that. And those statistics may be a little varied, but it was on the higher end of if you are verbalizing these things, these positive affirmations and these things that you want to happen in your life, then they are at a way higher percent chance than if you're constantly telling yourself the opposite. So I just thought that was huge. It's something so small and we keep going back to this and I keep saying this, but 
it really is the small things. And just like you said, you go back and you're changing a jersey three times. But it's these small things that we do consistently that make the biggest difference in our day-to-day lives. And just like you said earlier, and I, I really find myself in these situations where you know, I'm on this platform being able to talk to people and try and help them and try and help them in their journey. And then I find myself in in my own journey, in my own day sometimes, you know, not being consistent with certain things or uh, letting those negative thoughts take over. And then I snap out of it, kind of like you said, those things that we continue to pour on ourselves, like those books that you read at a young age or that content that you consume at a day-to-day basis at the tips of your fingers, uh, makes a big difference. So, you know, guard the people that you have around you, guard the thoughts that you allow yourself to think, because not only are you going to have negative thoughts, it's natural to have negative thoughts, but you don't have to attach to those thoughts. It's the thoughts that you attach to that then can become reality. So. I think that goes back to what you said. It's like the repetition. It's the, it's the mind repetition just as much as it is Tiger Woods putting a thousand putts. It's the same thing as you telling yourself, okay, I'm going to make the sale. I'm going to make the sale. I'm going to make the sale. And him, you know, making the putts to where it becomes muscle memory. Absolutely. I, I, one of the things you said about saying things out loud, there's a reason why when you get married or the president takes an oath or something that they say those things out loud because like you said, it's seven times more likely or something. Yeah. If something's really important, think about all the things in life right now, like that are super important when you have to do them, like they'll make you do something publicly where you have to say something aloud. Well, that's because it's that important. And to your name, I I hear, I can tell you're a statistics guy and what they say there's like you get you have like 40,000 we come from cavemen you know as as we evolve they say you have about 40,000 negative thoughts a day and the reason you have 40 in they're this fast and the reason is because we the caveman you are human being we were based on a fight or flight that's that's our mentality is fight or flight we were we we were, were built to protect ourselves self-preservation uh, that's why we've been around you know how many years now self-preservation so every day that's think how many times that's scary that's that's gonna take too long that that's this oh, i gotta walk downstairs gotta go upstairs gotta you you know i mean it's almost like flash 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 so all day long you have all your body is actually programmed to work against you so i never th- thought about it but i mean it's really reprogramming what science and the human body has for, I wish I knew how long we were humans, but. Um, yeah, but it, it is. And it's, it's weird to think about it that way because you don't think that I know there's the whole inherent, are we inherently good? Are we inherently bad argument? But uh, it's just weird to think about that survive that the survival of the fittest, that fight or flight thing is a real thing as far as us, thinking negative, like, Oh, should I open this? What's behind this door? What's behind this door? Like there's nothing behind the door, dude. Just open it. Like <laughs> elevator's going to crash, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's too many people. It's going to get stuck. Yeah. I mean, think when you, when you start thinking about, so some days, like, here's the thing that I want anybody listening to me today to, to know positivity, you know, yes, it's a choice. It's a skill. It's a muscle and you have to develop it. it 
I go down a negative path every day, other days, lots of times. It's so simple. Sometimes I get up, sometimes I'll be driving down the road and I'll start thinking about this or that. And I, and I know I've been, you know, this is going to happen and my mom's sick and okay, this and all you, and all of a sudden I start to tell my, okay, I'm going down the rabbit hole. Identify it. I'm, I'm, you can feel it. You know, oh, I'm going to call. I'm so mad about this. I'm going to call this guy and tell him. I'm going to bring him down too. And then I'm going to call Susie over here and tell her about this. You're, it's a rabbit hole. You know you're doing it. Pause. You know, okay, I'm in a rabbit hole. Get out, get out, get out, yeah. get out. Positive. Yeah. And I do. And I, I still, to this day, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get better. I always say, uh, all I can be is the best me I'm, I can be. I'm trying to get better every day, you know, so I make mistakes. I screw up, but I'm trying. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to, it, it, like you said, we just naturally happens and we have to recognize it and then do something about it. And I think especially right now with the times, you know, it's, it's kind of exhausting almost to get on uh, social media and, and see a lot of the stuff that's going on. It's sad, you know, it's disgusting on a lot of levels and it's, it can be draining, but we have to be able to channel that into positivity and channel that. And 2020 has been a crazy year. I mean, it's just, you know, it's been crazy from the jump. It's just been crazy. And I feel like a lot of people need to hear that, that light, that message of positivity, that message of hope, that message of, Hey, let's take this next step towards, you know, becoming better people, becoming a better America or wherever you're trying to go in life, you know? So I think that people need that. And, and weirdly, the podcast wasn't even started for me as this time happened. It happened before. And then all of this stuff started to, you know, domino effect. So I found myself in a place where I was like, Hey, this is something that happened for a reason. Like people need to hear these messages from people like you and people like Tim that have these positive mindsets and these mindsets of inspiring people and being a change in the world and being a light in the world where it's so easy to be dragged down, uh, you know, and it, for me, and like you said earlier, social media and these things, uh, it's, for example, this weekend I went on a float trip, like we've talked about and where I stayed, I had no service. It was off a dirt road a couple of miles in Marshall, Arkansas. It was a little cabin. Went out there with some friends and no service. My phone dropped off the map about a couple minutes before we pulled up to the place. And it was so nice. Like I hadn't had that happen in a while. And, you know, it was just so nice to unplug and be out in nature and kind of like be able to take a deep breath. Because oftentimes I feel like we get in this cycle where we don't step back and just breathe and just breathe. Like the power of breath, if we want to get down to the science of even just the power of breath and breath work and stimulating the vagus nerve in the stomach that, you know, it controls stress hormones and all those kind of things. We could get down to the nitty gritty of it, but it's all about just, you know, sometimes taking a step back and realizing how small we are in this world and that, you know, even though we're small, there's a lot of things that we can do to make a positive impact. Right. Right. Yeah. 
I, I want to think, as you're saying, like negativity might, might get you some ratings, you know, you can, you could shock and you can do things like that. But to your point is starting a podcast like this, it will never win. Negativity gets the ratings, but it will never win. You know, yeah. the hope, the good, like at the end of the movie, the superhero wins, Batman wins, you know, so, so that's, that's how it works. And just same at the end of the day, the positivity is going to win. So I, well, you mentioned the computers and, and social media and stuff about, see, so we talked about like surrounding yourself with um, the people that are positive too. And, you know, stories that are positive and things like that. One of the things about social media is social media's algorithms give you what you want to see. So you're like, well, what's that mean? That means when I'm looking at my phone and I pause on that story, that, that negative story, or when you like or share it or copy it, maybe you didn't like it and you copy it and share it to somebody in Messenger. It knows you're doing that and it feeds you more and more of the same nonsense or good stuff, but it knows what you like. So now all of a sudden, if you looked at my feed, I'm seeing <laughs> my feed is like puppies and rainbows because <laughs> I don't want to see it. I'll, I, I go in there, there's three little things up on the right-hand side. I am the king of snoozing people. I'll snooze media outlets. I'll snooze this because I, I really, we, we're all, like you said, we're all, you need to stop and breathe we're only on this planet for so long. I don't have time to waste really with this kind of nonsense that's bringing me down. So I would rather figure out a way to, you know, be happy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about just spreading positivity and that's your overall message. There's a question that I like to always ask because I feel like it takes on so, so many different meetings for different people, but what is your definition of success? Mm. Well, you got me. You got me here. So my the Oxford English Dictionary dis, defines success as the achievement of a desired aim or purpose. So when we get into the root of what it really means, the achievement of a desired aim or purpose. I am a believer. So when you ask me what that is, it's whatever. The, you want it to be, you right. want it to be. So any person out there listening, so like a few years, like I decided recently, like at the beginning of the year, I was going to do what I wanted to do. And so I, I do this full time, 24 seven, this is what I do. And at the same point, I'm going to go ride my bike around. If I want to, I was just a driver on a Netflix film. I was, uh, I was, uh, they called it this. It was a precision driver. So all I did was all I did was drive around right before the stuntman drove through the scene. And I was like, we talked about learning and things like that. But yeah. My point being is, success is whatever makes you happy. If you've ever read Rich Dad Poor Dad, it's a good book mm. that it, in listeners. Good book. Right. And one of the things that one dad, you think he's rich because well, he has what is in. Um, society might say makes him rich maybe he has a house two cars or whatever it is mm -hmm. and then there's another dad that is able to sit on the back of a truck and eat watermelon that he grows and spit the seeds and it turns out that he's the, actually the happier of the two so yeah what it, really to me it's that deep happiness what truly makes you happy but you know and that is that that achievement of that desired aim, whatever that thing that you really want. That's what I say. 
Yeah. And I love that answer because it can't, it can't be something that you can hold in your hands. Technically it's, it's, it's something that's beyond that. And it's different for everybody. And that's why I love that question because it's such a variable thing. And it really is just about finding your purpose. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people have trouble with is like, okay, what's my purpose? Or, you know, for someone like me in, you know, mid twenties, they're like, I'm just getting out of school. Maybe I do have a job here. Maybe I'm living with my parents to save some money, or maybe I'm doing this or that. Like, where do I fit in in this world? And I think there's always that little voice in your head that tells you like, this is your, this is what you love. This is what you know that, but society tells us so many other things and they tell us, Hey, you know, even if we want to go back, Hey, you need to go to college. You need to get a college degree and you know, you need to do this and you need to wear that and you need to, and it's, it's so much influence and outside pressure and, and things that people are saying are the norm. And it's hard to break out of that shell, but I've found that when you do, it's extremely freeing. And I think the thing that people are most scared about is judgment from other people. And how is this person going to look at me? Or how is this person going to look at me? And not saying that I haven't had these thoughts. I haven't had these things that I go through. And that's where most of the stuff that I say comes from because I personally have experienced yeah. realized it. But it, it's really all about shedding that. Shedding like, hey, there's a fine line between, you know, caring about what people think and letting it influence the way that you live your life and the decisions that you make and the person that you want to be. So I think ultimately that com what, what it comes down to, to finding that purpose and finding that success and that happiness in your life. And, and I do think young people have it tough because you see a lot of times you see all these things that everybody else has and you're like, well, I want that now. Well, you're allowed to, like, if I'm, if I'm 18, like, I was just having a talk with my, my nephew and my son, and they're, one's 15 and one's 14. I was like, when you guys turn 18, you know what you should do? You should go live at the beach for a summer. And when you're 23, if you go to school, if you don't go to school, but you should go backpack across Europe or drive across country. And because really, it's going to take, so it would be disingenuous for me to sit here and say, at 15 years older than you, that I didn't go down that same path. I had 15 years of going broke or walking through 10,000 doors, really, in cells that you yeah. walk through. So you, but I always looked as you start to find out who you are and where you want to go. One of the things that I always stayed in focused on or to anybody listening is a means to an end, a means to an end. If whatever you're doing, because I, I, whatever you're doing helps you get to where you want to be, mm -hmm. right? So, oh, it, it maybe like I said, I went in, I went and got the lowest paying job on this Titanic movie, you know, like, yeah. I, like they moved me out of scenes to put the lamp there, you know, like that's how valuable you are. That's the truth. They're like, no, 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 these guys just put a lamp there. And you, but in, and they film at night. So like sometimes they film overnight. So then I would go, I would go work my day job in pharmaceuticals at the time, go work the day job in the day. Well, I, you know, both of them were a means to an end. So here I'm working, you know, really sleeping for 
two hours or at most, yeah. but because you knew where you wanted to go, a means to an end, means to an end in your mind on those tough days. When you're when you're confused, when you don't know where you're going, means to an end, means to an end, means to an end. Even if you save so, even if you save one more dollar from that job, or like we talked about, well, maybe this job gave. I've been there. Maybe this job gave me enough money to buy a computer so I could work on my side hustle. You know, mm-hmm. all all those things. You know, and, and that's really, I think, if you can stay focused on, because you don't have to know right now but at your core oh well i like being around people okay well i'll try to get to things where i like being around people well i like writing well i'll figure out ways to maybe it's get yourself a twitter page where you can write you know 120 characters at a time but whatever you do maybe i want to be around pets maybe i want to you know so you all of a sudden um go volunteer so you can be around those types of things but just start moving towards what you want to do and then that route will take you all these different ways and sometimes you'll know eh, that's not for me this is just keep going right and and I totally relate to that because for me also I've learned that starting this podcast became from hey I want to help people and that's that's what I feel like is part of my purpose but there's a quote that I like that's you know own your gifts and own your gaps So this was part of me owning my gift. I feel like I had a gift of communication and a gift of being able to connect with multiple people. And also at the same time, I'm learning, hey, this is how you can start building a brand in today's society. This is how you can start, you know, marketing yourself correctly. And and it doesn't have to be for monetary purposes. Not everything has to be for monetary purposes. It comes from the, the place of, hey, I'm learning here. And this, like you said, is getting me one step closer to where I want to be, whether that's owning a business or, you know, having a family, uh, talking to people like you, being able to, you know, hear from a father and those kind of things, you know, that I can put in my memory bank and that the listeners can hear and take that value. So tell everybody where they can find you one more time, all your socials and wherever else they could contact you at if they wanted to. Okay. Very cool. I I appreciate you having me on and if you're looking for me, we are at Motivation Champs, Motivation Champs across the board. So if you look up Motivation Champs on Instagram or we got a bunch of Facebook pages, YouTube, YouTube channel, we're even on TikTok. Love TikTok. So wherever, wherever you look, 24-7, even in print, look up published books by Motivation Champs. Um, we'd be happy to have you. Come, come send us a message, share a story, share a picture with something inspiring you. Really, it's we'd love to see what's inspiring you, but check it out and um, come visit. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I, I was so anti TikTok there for a while, just because I thought of TikTok as the, uh, as the, you know, the girls doing their dances and stuff. But then I got on it and I'm like, this, I mean, this thing is another platform to be able to share. And it's kind of fun. I like making the videos. Honestly, they're fun. It's it, like we talked about it, wherever the attention is, that and so maybe you could be the first mason doing what you do on tiktok so there's a now yes the majority of the attention there is younger but then there's me and people like you that keep jumping on and say hey it's easy to edit you can put the music on you can do that it's it's a simple platform and i think it has some legs and will probably grow 
No, I definitely agree. Look, my dad sends me TikToks. Mm. And I, I wasn't even looking at him. And my dad's sending me TikToks. I'm like, Dad, you, are you bored in quarantine or, or what's going on here? <laughs> You're sending me all these TikToks. But it's things that are, are different. You know, it's, it's things that he relates to, whether it's a golf or something fitness related. or I mean, there is really avenues everywhere on that. And like you said, where, where attention is, that's where, that's where you need to be. So, so tell, do you think, do you think we're going to have an NFL season this year? God. Well, I, I think we're going to have an NFL season. And to my dismay, as somebody who waited 20 years for season tickets, I was on the list 20 years and wow. I fought and I finally got them last year. Did you? And I, yes. And as somebody who waited all that time, I will, I, I think there's going to be a season but I don't think there's going to be any people in the stands. Yeah, for your sake, I, I, that hurts. That really hurts. I haven't been to a game at Heinz yet, but I've seen them. I saw them in New York. Um, they played the Jets. I got a chance to see them there. And then I saw them when the Rams were still in St. Louis. I lived in St. Louis for a while, so I got to see them there. So that's always fun. Something, you know, me and my dad enjoyed moving the towel around. So. Well, Dominic, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, hope to keep in touch. Hey, thank you, sir. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Breathe and Air podcast. As always, if you enjoyed, go ahead and like on Apple, share with your friends, leave a comment. It would be much appreciated. We also just started a new Facebook page, Breathe and Air podcast. If you already had me on Facebook, you probably already got that invite. And then as always, follow us on social media, at Breathe and Air Podcast on Instagram. I am so happy and thankful that you all tuned in. I hope you took something that you can implement in your everyday life to make you closer to reaching your goals and potential. So as always, if you have any questions for me, if you have someone that you think would be a good guest or any of the above, I am an open book and would love to talk. As always, have a great rest of your week. Peace. Always have a great rest of your week.